got to tell you man uh I, I think it was i think it was i think it was partly seeing some of your posts um and also that there is what appears to be one of the last civ 6 um like dlc expansion things um oh baby did i have a game <laughs> uh actually i just finished today just yeah finished it today uh as spain uh Ooh. getting those trade routes going and just that sweet sweet gold and faith and uh and, and i did i like uh just like steered hard into okay yeah like they're clearly want philip ii to like be a religious victory uh uh sieve and even though that's not my typical thing like hey yeah if, if you're gonna get wet might as well go swimming so it's like okay i guess i can try i can try this uh and, and then i tell you man like turn five um found a relic in a tribal village it's like all right, oh, yeah. Hell. Yeah, it's like yeah, game. Yeah, game over, son. Um, I had like a whole bunch. I had a whole bunch of stone around my capital, so I did the like plus two faith on stone quarries. Um, oh damn. I was I was honestly making like towards the end there. Um, I, I was making like thousands of faith per turn. Really? Oh, <laughs> it was wow. it was gross. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I have twenty thousand faith. I should purchase more missionaries. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll do that. <laughs> I pass. So yeah, so that was really good. So yeah, um, found yeah, like spread uh, Zoroastrianism on my continent, uh, and then hopped over to the next one. I was like, oh hey there, um, Eleanor of Aquitaine. That's a mighty nice. What is that Shintoism you got going on? Nope, Zoroastrianism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I first, because like Civ Six has been out for like six years now. Yeah, that also blew I my mind. So, yeah, and I think when I when it first came out, and I was like trying to do some of the religious stuff, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of dumb, and I don't. But of course, over six years of like, uh, yeah, like tweaking things and balancing stuff, it was also early enough in the game that I didn't have the like uh, embark land units over ocean tiles. So there was like oh, one. Yeah. So there's like one little like coastal strip that linked our two continents together. So I had just this <laughs> horde of missionaries and apostles just kind of like streaming in through this almost literal bottleneck um <laughs> and then just blossoming oh, up but no but it was yeah it was it, it was a lot of fun so uh yeah like kind of like we were saying not that i'm gonna like completely go achievement hunting but do the whole ah uh, maybe i'll do the like win at least one game with each leader kind of mix it up a little bit i don't have to keep doing gorgo uh, I don't have to. I want to, but I don't have to keep doing that. So, so yeah. Have you messed with uh, Caesar yet? Yeah, I did a little bit. I I think there's some potential, but it is. It does kind of get into like the whole. Oh, let's just like farm this barbarian camp and just pillage it and get again just yeah. just lots of micromanagement. So yeah, I was trying to get that set up, and then I think I had like Shaka or somebody like spawn next to me and just wipe me out. <laughs> Oh shit! So it's like, yeah, okay, maybe try try a new one, boot it up again. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was too late on that deal. I never ended up getting in, and, and I'm kind of bummed out. Uh, well, I mean, it might. But well, because it's also... I'm sure on... it'll show up at some point. Like... Right. And and it does, unfortunately, it does just take a little longer to get to console. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, you know, know what they say, Mark. What's that, buddy? Is that Christmas is coming. And if there's something that you kind of have on your wish list, well, maybe just write you a letter to Santa Claus... Mail that bad boy out and just, I don't know, wait wide-eyed until the morning of December 25th. You just might you just might get that leader expansion for Civ Six. I don't know. Ho, ho, ho. ho, ho not likely. Not, yeah, probably not. <laughs> not on a PS4. I'll get it in like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is another way that we can kind of pass that time until whenever this yeah thing comes out uh, beyond PC. And that's recording another episode of the Two Wizards Podcast. And that's what we're doing. Welcome, everybody. It's great to have you with us. Uh, my name is Josh, and I am a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned um, just really rocking with Spain. Uh, while I was waiting to start tonight, mm-hmm. I booted up what might be the best um, Basil start I've ever seen. Ooh, Nice. Yeah, so we're gonna see what happens there because I can never get that dickhead to work. But here we go. <laughs> yeah, I was I was crushing it as um, uh, Portugal, and there's mm. an achievement you need to get a uh, trade route in Japan. You need to get one in India and uh, Brazil. Mm. Okay. And I was just doing work, kicking ass. I specced into that um, religious colonization for my religion, which oh, right. was also Zoroastrianism, because I'm trying to get a <laughs> We Are the Champions trophy with that one, and I just can't fucking get it. Mm. But um, for whatever reason, it didn't work out, and so any time I'd make a new city, it'd just be blank religion. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. So ah, that sucks. I restarted, popped in as Basil. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But yes, in the meantime, welcome back to the Two Wizards podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm getting religious. <laughs> well, it is right. It also is truly that time of year when maybe, you know, and maybe it's not exactly Christianity because there's also uh, Hanukkah will be out upon mm-hmm. us soon. Um, and just, right, and also just... That other, and, and I know we've we've kind of talked about this idea in episodes past. Um, yeah, just being, be like being forced inside because um, it's so cold out, out outside, and being warm and cozy, and with your friends and family, people that you love, um, and yeah, just being grateful. It, it, you do you, you start to think about, you start to ponder about some of the bigger questions of life, and what is it that binds us all together, and. Or, or maybe that's just what I'm doing because I'm still, like, trapped in my home <laughs> office writing my dissertation. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Mark, that's enough about Civ. That's enough about me and my grad school woes. Um, what is in your Wizard's Riton? Um, I got a special one and then a not special one. Um, oh, okay. First up out of uh i don't even know what's that in. it's out of canada moosehead lager i saw Ooh. somewhere that today was national lager day i feel like oh really yeah and when i was at the liquor store i saw that and i was like oh well maybe i'll be timely and i guess it doesn't matter because this is coming out on a wednesday which super isn't national lager day oh, but right. whatever and then on deck out of eddie lime brewing i've got a into the stratosphere hazy double ipa we know them we love them mm, yeah. we're gonna get silly tonight how about yeah. you buddy Yes, yeah, we're good. Well, I, I did just double check. Um, so yeah, it turns out December tenth is National Lager Day. So, cheers. 
Damn it, that was yesterday. Okay, well. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's... It, we tried. Uh, things things kind of eventually get to the valley a little late, so that, that doesn't surprise me too much. <laughs> like Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm going to keep Lager Day in my heart, yeah. not just on Lager Day, but on every day, on <laughs> IPA Day, on Porter Day, on... Yeah, precisely. Gose Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for me, um, unofficially, also just because I'm in... like a metropolitan area that has options um yeah still (laughs) still still sticking with sort of the unofficial christmas beer theme uh and this is from land grant shouted them out before this is their frozen grove winter wheat ale um with oranges and a mulling spice blend uh and then on deck I have from Brewdog their Hoppy Christmas Christmas IPA. Um, so hey, we'll get to like drink our IPAs together. Look at us. Hell yeah, um, buddy. And I don't know. Okay, I'm also kind of confused because it says because it says Hoppy Christmas Ale, but then also on the side of the can it says Batteries Not Included, which that would be a pretty good name for a Christmas Ale too. Or like. Those are the batteries. Oh, I thought it was non-alcoholic with that name. Like, batteries oh, not included. Like, here's your toy, but you ain't going to get to play with it because it ain't what you want, buddy. I got, yeah. You have to, like, make the, like, little shooting noises yourself. Pew, pew. Instead of the... <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Well, well, hey, uh, here's on you, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. I like that. I think I'm to the point in my life where I don't care about, okay, not that I don't care about beer anymore, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need, I don't really want to drink anything heavier than like a 6%. Yeah, like, man. Whatever this moose head is, it's just right. Mm-hmm. It's just the right amount of like skunky and beery and it just, yeah, it's traditional, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It tastes like Christmas at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I am right there with you. I I had my heyday of oh look at this like double imperial stout that's or like my barley wines and all that stuff. It's like yeah, that was great and all, but anymore, right? I just give me something like drinkable, give me something warm and comforting and familiar, and maybe mix it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I am I'm getting to that point where like consistency and regularity and familiarity that's that's what i like that's what i like so uh which this is also yeah this is also good um for yeah for being a wheat ale i guess it's sort of like it's almost like a it's like a christmas hefeweizen i think because like with some of the spices and stuff kind of getting some of that clove um but yeah this is is pretty dang good 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 Ah, there we are well so mark now that we are settled in uh, we have these delicious beverages at hand. Uh, what What's on our agenda? What are we wanting to talk about? What are we wanting to explore? What are we wanting to share with our wonderful listeners who hopefully are doing the same if they're able to? Tonight, I, wanted, I, I just want to get fun and dumb. Mm-hmm. And maybe we've been a little cryptid heavy this season. I don't think so. Really, Giant Birds was the biggest one. And Yeah. Well, you know, we just... Usually, as two wizards, we're a little bit more cryptid and ooky spooky and just dumber than we have been. We've been getting really good about like history, you know. Like, yeah, I was. You knocked say. it out of the park with like Herodotus. Um, we have a upcoming episode, wink, 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 that 
Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be a ton of history and sources and references. So before we go any further with that, I just want to take a minute and give a Christmas present to myself. And I want to talk about the North Pole cryptids. Oh, baby. <laughs> and this is by no means an exhaustive list. Um, Really, this is like another teaser episode of Things to Come. Because maybe this one spins, like, part two just spins into another part two. And we just go from there into yeah. a never-ending <laughs> Christmas present sack of dumb. Yeah, it, it could very well be. Uh, real quick, Josh, I want to mm-hmm. shout out my sources for tonight. We have uh, Monsters of the Last Frontier by David Weatherly. Cryptozoology, okay. A to Z, by my personal lord and savior, Lauren Coleman. <laughs> Bigfoot, Cannibals, Monsters, uh, in Native Literature, by Kathy Strain. Reykjavik, Today.com, and Cowboys vs. Saurians, Ice Age Edition, by You Know Him, I Know Him, and We All Love Him, John LeMay. Love it. Love it. Here we go. <laughs> but it's it's funny. You started tonight talking about how like you're you know you're in this like holiday mood and you're you're grateful and you feel warm and loved and it's what makes you you're just resonating with the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you started that way because I was gonna ask you my very first like in my outline my first question is Josh, what does Christmas mean to you? And you already knocked it out of the park, but. I want to give you a couple other answers to think about, and mm-hmm. maybe with these answers you can guess what our first uh, North Pole cryptid is going to be. All right, yeah, wonderful. Because to me, Christmas means um, survival, mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, having to put up with family, really having to just put up with them, um, maybe having to bear <laughs> some of their criticisms from family, um, intentional or otherwise. You know, like, it's... What's a microaggression from your aunt when she's talking about how much better your brother looks than you do? It's not. She's just saying Dan's haircut is better than mine because I look like shit sometimes. It happens. We uh, we might have to put up with some polarizing viewpoints. Josh, do you know what we might be starting with tonight? Uh, I I think we might be starting off with the polar bear. I was gonna. You're come almost up... there. We're just. We're just doing big old bears. What yeah. were you going to say? Yeah, I was, was going to say, like, for a split second, I was like, oh, say the blue-footed booby. But it's like, no, man, don't be cute. Just, like, lean into it. It's like, yeah, we're doing, doing the polar bear. <laughs> a giant, giant, scary, horrible bears. And really, we're going to learn tonight that polar bears might be the least of our worries. Because mm. only about seven people a year die from polar bear attacks, which is a fact that I learned this week. Okay, yeah. I mean, which is a lot, a lot less than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but and I guess all things considered, right? Like that is that is a lot better or a lot more. I, I mean, yeah, for being polar bears, yeah, I, I would imagine like seven's not nothing, but it's not like it's it's still single digits. I guess is what I'm ultimately getting at. Yeah, I didn't look bother to look up like how many brown bears or black bears kill people a year, but yeah, mm. seven I feel like should be lower. I guess the point is we are winning our war of global warming. Way to go, guys. Right? Um <laughs> <laughs> Uppity ass polar bears, what are you gonna say now, huh? <laughs> go drink a fucking coke and be cute about it, huh? Um We're gonna start up in like the Nordic kind of climbs, Josh. Mm-hmm. Up around Iceland with a thing called the Skelia Krimsli. 
Mm. Or the shell monster. Oh, jeez. So these creatures live along the coast of Iceland and are seen frequently along the coast of Iceland. And remember, Iceland is a gigantic island. So really, we could just say that these are essentially Icelandic Bigfoot. Everybody sees them. They're Mm. all over the place. It also gets weird because according to some sources, we haven't seen them since like 1951. Oh, interesting. Okay. But then there's other people. I spent a lot of time on Icelandic, like, whatever Icelandic, uh, not Yelp. What am I looking for here? Yahoo Answers is. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Icelandic Yahoo Answers. <laughs> and uh, I, I, there's a lot of, like, Google Translate cut and pasting. And yeah, yeah. So things got a little weird. And I don't speak a lick of Iceland, so, or yeah. Icelandic. So here we go. Um, I, I, just before we get started, uh, I just have yeah. to say I would, I would love to see Icelandic Yelp, though. It was like, it, it came, and I, I don't even know what the accent would be. It was like, yeah, it came into, uh, came into here for a, for a nice meal with my family. And the Hilda folk kept, kept <laughs> stealing my beer. One out of five stars. <laughs> I was just trying to yeah, rent a car and a lava flowed, <laughs> came and... <laughs> I bought the volcano insurance, but did not buy the fissure insurance. <laughs> I guess I am the fool. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, sorry. Thank you. Yorny, you've done it again. All right. <laughs> not enough Yule lads for my vacation. <laughs> Wanted <Yule>. more. <laughs> no one stole my sausage. All right. Uh. <laughs> so this guy's like... Icelandic Bigfoot, and they usually they usually come out of the ocean. There's one case at a farm in a Hornstradir mm. where it came out of a lake. Mm. So I guess you can have freshwater and saltwater. Oh shoot! Uh, yeah, shell mo- shell monsters. And I, I'm not gonna try and keep saying a skelgr mistli. I can't even say it the second time. I purposely did moosehead first because I knew I could get that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. They come out of the surf, and they're about the size of a draft horse. Josh, you know how big a draft yeah, horse is. Shit. They're goddamn big. Enormous. Uh, they're about the size of a draft horse. They have a long, powerful neck with bodybuilder-like shoulders, and they walk around on four legs. They've got glowing teeth, red eyes. They're really just super bearish, with the exception of a mane of seashells. That, it looks like she's seashells that runs down the length of their back. You can hear them coming out of the surf because the shells rattle together. And that's how you know they're coming. Shoot. Okay. It also gets... These guys get really Lovecraftian. This is real Dunwich horror for me. Because there's a lot of accounts of them coming out of the ocean at night. Uh, They come right before really bad winter storms. Mm. And they come on dark nights and they just... you, You hear them like rattling up to your door. They're attracted to the light. They walk up to farmhouse doors and just beat the shit out of the doors, and you hear them rattling, but it's a dark night, and you can't see it. Holy cow. I mean, yeah, no, that is absolutely, like, Lovecrafty and gross, but I, but I also love it. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. And then, like, the next morning, there's, you know, claw marks, or claw gouges in the door where the son of a bitch was trying to get in. Yeah. Um, they also reek of dead sea and sulfur. Yeah, sounds about right. And on top of that, their blood is toxic. <laughs> one farmer that did battle with one, he managed to drive it back into the ocean, but he got leprosy for his troubles. Holy cow. 
Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's weird because all this shit is like backed up by records from the 17 and 1800s. It's not just like, oh, yeah, Arnie got leprosy. It's not a thing that happens, you know, but mm-hmm. these shell bears will give you goddamn leprosy. Goddamn. Let's talk about some sightings. There's not a lot because, again, Icelandic uh, Yelp, or not Yelp, goddamn it, what do we say? Uh, uh, Icelandic uh, Ask Eves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in 1787, this is one of the first accounts, like the first real good accounts we have. A man named Jisley Brownson and his brother Jan were checking fish traps along the along the beach, and mm. they saw this monster walking out of the sea. They described it as the size of a horse with great value in the legs, and I think that means it had big, strong legs. Well, but yeah, I Icelandic Google Translate. <laughs> uh, he and his brother hid underneath fish traps and waited for the beast to pass. They got away safe. At some time in the 1800s, a man named Halgimir the Strong lived with his son Grimur, uh, were out hunting foxes on a moonless night when one of the beasts walked in, and it looked like it was made out of whale skin with shells attached to it, like sewn to the hide. Mm. Both men described it this way. So Grimur tries to, like, draw down and shoot on it, but his dad pulls a Greedo, and he shoots first. <laughs> uh, blood spatters all over Grimur, and the beast ran back into the sea, but Grimur died in agony from the acidic blood, which burnt him horribly. Oh, God. Yeah, there we go. Getting real xenomorphy up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from 1904 to 1976, a man named Simon Yon reported regularly seeing them in uh, Reykjafjord, mm. usually in late autumn. They would always come before storms, and he would just see them. It was like, they were like geese landing in your backyard for this dude, apparently. He just reported on them. It was a thing. He kept a active log. Uh, sometime in the 19, early 1900s, a British fishing trawler hooked one, and it was attacking the men through the net. The uh, men were terrified. They released it, but it beat the shit out of two guys. Oh, wow. We don't, and then sometime in, and I already mentioned the guy who fought one off and drove it back in the water, but died of leprosy. And we don't know what these things are. I mean, really, it's probably just folklore. It's, what do we always say, Josh? You don't go into the forest at night. Because, you know, there's gremlins in there, but also the forest at night is a dangerous place. Don't go to the beach on moonless winter nights because it's not the safest place to hang around. Right. I think that... And, again, pulling the whole, like, what are some things that possibly could have inspired some of these, yes, stories or sightings or things like that? I mean, yeah, it could be something like, yeah, like a, a polar bear or a bear of some sort or some creature coming out of the ocean or or a lake at night and yeah if you're out hunting foxes without any moonlight like yeah i mean that's probably um yeah i think that i think that stands to reason that you saw some big ass animal you you shot it and then you got leprosy (laughs) (laughs) i think maybe a polar bear with mange maybe Mm, there you go you know, and I don't know about the like, because every account talks about like the rattling shell back. That's that's how they knew it was coming. Adam mm. was like they heard it first, but like polar bears have black skin, right? So when they talk about it having like gray whale color or gray whale looking skin, if it's got like mange or something, yeah, maybe I don't know. It's just it's a fun one. I I learned about a new thing this week, and it was the uh, 
that cat whose name I refuse to try and say a third time. <laughs> yeah, just just when you think Iceland can't get any cooler, hey, uh, what's 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 cooler than Iceland? The screen screen different gear to skill 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 yeah skill yakrimsley. Well, I'm I'm also maybe particularly horned up uh, because in addition to, and I almost this this is my cold open. Um, in addition to my Lord of the Rings marathon to help me grade all these final essays, um, or not not final essays, final exams. Um, and I was like, oh, I still have like two or three hours left in, in the day, um, and I finally watched The Northman. Oh my God! How so great was that good. movie? So good. So I'm like, yeah, Iceland, let's go. I'm going to get this yes. magical sword that I can only unsheathe at night or at the gates of hell and avenge my father. <laughs> but yeah, that movie's so good. Ooh. So good. Go, guys, go watch The Northman. Oh my god. Now it's on It's on Prime and I yeah. think HBO Max. It's everywhere now. There's, yes. there's no reason there's not no to. Excuse. And then go watch The Lighthouse and then go watch The Witch and then feel weird about yourself because... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Robert good. Eggers is what's up lately. I am all yeah. about that man. Yeah, he's been he's been slaying it. It's great stuff. Now, I, I know what you're thinking, <clears throat> uh, but Mark, supposed mangy polar bears are all well and good, but you promised me bear cryptids. Well, don't worry, Josh, mm. because in this case, this is like a reverse Bigfoot. We have a thousand percent confirmation of a thing. We've just never seen it before. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So... Yeah, we have, so like with a lot of cryptids, if really anything, anything at all, if you have a body, that's it. There's your case, case closed, that's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Except in these cases. Mm. Giant bears, Josh, giant bears. In 1936, a Swedish zoologist named Sten Bergman analyzed a huge black bear pelt that by his reckoning would have put the bear at standing over 14.5 feet tall and weighing up to 2,500 pounds. Its paws were the size of a standard cast iron skillet. The pelt came from somewhere in the Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia, which does have a lot of hefty brown bears. However, these guys get about 10 feet tall and only weigh about 1,400 pounds. So a little bit less than this guy. And further, these are brown bears. This was a black bear pelt with short hair, like an American black bear. But once again, American black bears don't really get past 150 pounds. Wait, 150 pounds? Like, I'm more than 150 pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, probably we could take a black bear in a fight if you and I, like, teamed up on him. Really? They're, like, shorter than me, and at the biggest they can... At the biggest they get to, like, 180. Dang, I guess... Yeah, black bears are pussies. I don't know why we're so afraid of black. I mean, I know why we are because they're right. dangerous, but like right. Right. at the same time, like be afraid of a grizzly, but like a black bear just like bitch slap and it runs away. Like yeah, like maybe that's it. Because like in my right at Adam State, there they have that statue of Old Mose, this like giant grizzly bear. Um, Old Mose, the giant grizzly, the biggest grizzly ever killed in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess right. I guess like by association, I think. Oh well. I mean, sure, like, grizzly bears are big, but, like, black bears are smaller. But they're, you know, it's maybe only, like, seven feet tall instead of 12. <laughs> yeah, you but just no, don't just think like about a little, it. But... Ah, well, yeah. fuck black bears. It's a little guy. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna push them into a locker and take their lunch money. <laughs> we should also point out that uh, they're exceedingly strong and can easily one arm flip three hundred pound boulders to get at ant nests. Well, and have the yeah the razor so, sharp claws you know. and teeth. I, I, I get that. And the teeth and the that. claws. But you know what they don't have, Josh? They don't have the ability. To, you know, set up the execution chair, all a uh, Legion of Doom. I get underneath it, you get up on top, you clothesline them off my shoulders, that bear's going down. I don't care who it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Our superior intellect and professional wrestling moves will win the day. <laughs> <coughs> up and over the North Pole sometime in 1864, Inuit hunters in Canada's Northwest Territory, and yes, I know how vague that makes it sound, and I'm really yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but don't, I, I might as well say, us. like, there is a guy smoking weed in Los Angeles. You don't fucking know. You just, <laughs> how are you going to pin him down? Uh, this party of uh, Inuit hunters shot and killed a bear with a yellow pelt. It also had a super weird skull and was colossal. Hmm. Now, the members of the hunting party claimed that this bear was not an unusual sight in the region. They were kind of weird to see, but they'd seen them before. And they mentioned that they lived further, like, into the wilderness. Like, you had to really go to get these guys. So the fact that it was where they were was kind of a weird experience. Hmm. But these natives were aware of this type of bear. They, it just wasn't... It, you didn't see it every day, but it was something cool. Um, so this skin was sent, or the bear was skinned and shipped to a naturalist named Robert McFarlane, who tagged it, stored it, and forgot about it at the Smithsonian, where it stayed until uh-huh. 1918. But a Dr. Clinton Merriam found it in a drawer, and he was uh, he was amazed by it. Here's this gigantic bear skin with yellow fur. You don't see this kind of shit every day. Uh, he thought this bear was too... So he he thought that he had made a new discovery because this bear was too far removed from where brown bear should be. Mm. And he named it Vet... Oh, my God. Mark, you can't write well, and you need to write better. Uh, Vetul Artos in Optinatus, uh, or the Unexpected Ancient Bear. Oh. While the general response to this is that it was just a weird grizzly bear or maybe a polar bear-grizzly hybrid, more on those later, mm-hmm. there is an account from a man named Casper Whitney who described an odd bear in 1849. And this comes out of David Weatherly's Monsters of the Last Frontier. You might remember this book from our uh, Humanoids from the Deep episode. Right. About the uh, otter men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. Go check him out. Take a sip of beer to get my courage up. Here we go. (laughs) It is a peculiar-looking bear, seeming a cross between a grizzly and the polar. And the polar. And it is this peculiarity that the hind claws are so big as the foreclaws, while the head looks somewhat like that of an Eskimo dog, very broad in the forehead, with a square, long muzzle and ears set quite like that of a dog's. It has very wide shoulders and in its color resembles a grizzly bear. So he's just describing a weird ass bear. And again, there's not really an answer for this. But we have reappear we have reoccurrences. A man found in Icy Bay reported being mauled by a group of giant bears with short snouts in the Wrangell Mountains. And in the nineteen nineties, a hunter named JC Johnson reported seeing a huge bear with a short face. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, Josh, but there used to be a thing called short faced bears. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard about that. 
Yeah, uh, they were Ice Age megafauna. They were bears that stood about 12 and a half feet tall. They could weigh up to about 1,900 pounds. And, but they haven't been around for about 10,000 years now. Hmm. Maybe. Just maybe. Maybe just maybe. <laughs> because um, there, was a, there was a bear skull found in Alaska that was or a short. Sorry, let me do this again. There was a short-faced bear skull found in Alaska that dated back to being 1,200 years old. I mean, that's not that long ago. That's nothing. And, and and in terms of, like, the literal final wilderness that is Alaska, like... Oh, nah, yeah. There's... Oh, there's, there's goddamn, like, short-faced bears up there. Or it's an unholy hybrid between polar bears and grizzly bears, and these things totally exist. We've seen them. They happen in nature. Oh, shit. Uh, hunters have shot them. One was killed in 2006, another was killed in 2010. They are bigger than a bear. They're bigger than, you know, brown bears. They can swim real well, and they've got a weird, like, yellow-brownie color fur. Mm. It's They're, they're kind of spooky. They're like... That would be... It's the worst part of both worlds. I had a whole bit about uh, polar bear attacks because I went down the rabbit hole of polar bear horror, mm-hmm. and I decided that Christmas time is no time to hear about Boy Scouts getting eaten by polar bears <laughs> in Svalbard. So we're going to save that for another time. We'll save that. We'll save that for another time. I also just, yeah, looked up a grizzly polar bear hybrid. Um, and yeah, I mean, I believe it. They, they, they do have this kind of weird goldeny kind of yellow coat and... I'm sure are enormous. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But my point is, is like, so there's two, there's two dogs fighting in the world right now. And one is these are giant bears of an undiscovered species, or these are giant bears that already exist because bears get just, just can get big anyway. And I don't know which one scares me more. I'll be, I'll be honest. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, the bear that you know or the bear that you don't know, which is which is worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I think we ought to move on, but be- before we do that, Josh, do you, do you hear that up on the roof? Do you, what do you think it could be? Oh my god. Oh Josh, what is it? Is it is it Santa? Is it Santa up on the roof? I don't know why I'm talking like this, Josh. Santa Claus is here. Santa Claus is <laughs> Well, it, I mean, it could, be, Klaus. it could be. Well, we are going to maybe talk about him too, because yeah, because you were saying like, <laughs> yeah, Josh, like uh, that that you were going to be taking lead on on this episode, but 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 you also asked me to maybe like prepare just a just a little something, just a little just a little sousson, um of of not exactly North Pole cryptids. Or at least I... Well, he's the most North Pole-based cryptid, and everybody knows about him, but no one's ever seen him. But we have we have as much True. Santa Claus shit as we do Bigfoot shit in the world, I feel like. Well, well, and or and, and I'll admit, like, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, oh, I mean, is, is this kind of... This is really pushing the limit of what we're considering to be a cryptid here. But then when I was doing my my dive, I was like, no, wait, actually, yeah, Santa Claus totally is a cryptid. Um. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so yeah, we're going to talk, and, and again, this could be, this could be, and I'm sure it is, I'm sure many others have, have already undertaken this, but for us right now, here at the Two Wizards Podcast, here's, again, just like, yeah, not kicking an anthill, maybe 
maybe licking the North Pole, and then our tongue gets stuck for a little bit, uh, and then, <laughs> and then like somebody pours some hot water, and then we run dashing through the snow away. Um, but we're gonna do that. <laughs> but, but we're gonna do that for yeah, Santa Claus, which is. Again, something that like you think is so straightforward. It's like, yeah, it's Santa Claus. But then when you really start to like dig into it and like shovel that snow away, you you see some weird stuff. So the 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 image that we probably consider or think of best, like if I told you, do you picture Santa Claus right now? You think like old man, big white beard, like red and white fur coat. Um. The trademark hat. Coca-Cola Santa. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, you, you think it's Santa. And so while that depiction is credited to political cartoonist Thomas Nast, um, who, oh. who's, who, who first sort of like put that image out there, um, and that's what we kind of think about today. There, there are many, like, Santa Claus is, yeah, like a, a sort of, cryptid and you 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 were even talking about like this this one like giant bear being a hybrid he is definitely like a hybrid he's an amalgamation of like several predecessors into what we think of today um so just okay. to like okay so like just to run through those quickly because again quick quick quickly here josh um the 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 one i i suppose you might say the original is saint nicholas of mira um Mm-hmm. Also known as Saint Nicholas of Bari, he was a fourth century CE um, Christian bishop. He was Greek, Yamas, um, <laughs> uh, but but uh, was born and sort of like uh, did did his work uh, in Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. Um, but he was Greek. But he, but, but, but he was Greek. Um, I know that may, that doesn't make it okay. Like. <laughs> uh, and so Saint Nicholas, this 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 person, uh, he is the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, um, repentant thieves, but only if they repent. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, children, brewers, drink, drink. Uh, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students across places in Europe. So, so this guy has, yeah, like he's the patron saint of, of all of these different things. Um, and so he, how, how, how he sort of like formed the basis as to what we would ultimately think of as like the Coca-Cola Santa Claus or the Thomas Nast uh, Santa Claus, um, is he was known for like secret gift giving he would just kind of, you just kind of be like in your shop there uh, in Asia Minor and boop, here's a little present. Oh, there's that St. Nicholas guy. Uh, but, and, and, I, and I guess, you know, he is older in some of his depictions. He does have a big, long white beard like every Christian bishop during that time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and so... Many stories abound, some of his most famous ones, um, and, and why he's the patron saint of unmarried people is um, uh, he is said to have uh, prevented three young girls um, from being forced into prostitution. He uh, apparently, like, through, through money, 
through like a sack of coins through their windows um, so that they could afford a dowry and get a proper husband instead of becoming prostitutes. So maybe that's part of it too. If you um, apparently... There's a lot of, um, not to cut you off, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, saints that deal with like women going into prostitution. Yeah, that's a whole... Look. Or like being sold into like sex slavery. Yeah. Because like, I'm thinking of our thing. Mortal Kombat episode and you had talked about um, Rose Vita or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was her deal was... Yeah, I don't know. It's no, y- weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like preventing... Or yeah, like like saving young women from falling into prostitution. Um, yeah, that that's like that's the fast track to sainthood right there. Like you just you just show up and say, "Be gone, thought," and then you're canonized. Um. <laughs> it's it's also ironic to me that in this case, making it rain stopped the girl from having to get naked. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. Truly. And instead of saying like, "Oh, this is this is gonna be my thing," like, no, it's like, ah, I can I can get a good. Right. So, um, uh, yeah. So the, the other kind of funny one, and, and this is kind of spurious. There, there's still a lot of like, yeah, maybe the story is attributed to him, but we're not exactly sure is, um, another story regarding St. Nicholas was, um, once upon a time, there was, there's a, there's a terrible famine in the country. Uh, and so, okay. and so this evil butcher, uh, found these three children uh, where he kind of ab- ab- abducted him, uh, killed them, and was going to um, try to like sell them as meat. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> so he Jesus. Yeah. So he killed these kids, chopped them up, put them in a pickle barrel to to, to cure with like salt and stuff, and was going to sell them. Well, who should walk into that store but none other than Nicholas? Um, and he saw right through all this. He's like, no, you definitely just murdered three kids. And he resurrected the three. Wait, wait, he, he killed, he did kill him. Yeah. He straight up killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I thought he was gonna, I'm sorry. No, I no, misheard. No, no. no he I thought did. he was gonna kill him and sell him off. Oh fuck. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so kind of, a uh, um, uh, what's the, what's the musical Sondheim musical? Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, pulled pulled a IRL Sweeney Todd. Killed these kids. Um, oh wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Not neat, but okay. Neat. Yeah. Cool. So so stop did, saying cool. Jesus that. Christ. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so so yeah, like as these children's remains are like in this barrel with salt, uh, curing, uh, Nicholas walks in. Immediately sees what's going on, isn't buying it, makes the sign of the cross, and the three children spring back to life. So that's super. It's super cool, but people are like, "No, that's a later story. That that didn't. That didn't. Like some like like some some people in the medieval era, like a thousand years later, came up with that." Um, so does he like I. I- I'm not trying to put too fine a point on it here, but does he reconstitute the children or do they come back to life as like screaming child chops? I, I, I think they are reconstituted. I, there's a, there's a weird Hayao Miyazaki bit playing in my head where like oh. Santa Claus is dancing around playing a fucking flute and like in this butcher shop and like, there's like half boy, like a half pig, you know, hanging in the back 
and suddenly his like ribs rocket back into his body and he's reanimating and then the boy who was made into sausage it bursts from the casings and reforms sausage lad and I don't, <laughs> no, it turns into gross like food based avengers puns or some shit i don't know yeah wow what is in stratosphere by <laughs> Eddie line you guys are getting making evil <laughs> Well, so that was a fabricated story, huh, Josh? Yeah, I guess I <laughs> that guess was a so. story that was uh, attributed later on in the Middle Ages, there, eh? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, and so, and so, right. And so, Saint Saint Nicholas, he's he's the one, right? And and again, it's in the song, jolly old Saint Nicholas, right? But then you think, like, okay, how do we get from this, like, yeah, Mediterranean, uh, yeah, like Greek, uh, uh, Christian bishop? How how do we get from there? And I think we also get to thank and or blame the Dutch <laughs> for that. It's always the Dutch. It's always the it's Dutch. Always, it's always the Dutch. And so as this, as a story kind of like propagated throughout Europe and all that, um, yeah, through through Italy and Germany and France and eventually to the Netherlands, um, St. Nicholas kind of morphed into Sinterklaas. Because apparently the like oh. Nicholas Klaus Nicholas Sinterklaus, okay. so, yeah. so that's how we get Sinterklaus. Um, and uh, the feast day of, or, or yeah, the feast slash name day of Saint Nicholas is December six. So earlier in the year, or earlier in the month, um, and so mm-hmm. and so yeah, like people would. Sort of in recognition of his like giving gifts, his little habit of that, he would give gifts everywhere. Um, and so, how do we d- make another association from Sinterklaas, Saint Nicholas, his name day, December sixth to December twenty fifth? Well, for that, we get to thank Martin Luther, as in the Protestant as in guy the, who had a big problem. Yeah, as in the Protestant guy who had a big problem, nailed his ninety five problems. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> And one of the reasons for that is because, right, the whole thing with the Protestant Reformation is, right, is we're getting away from, like, what this is really about. There's all these other saints that we're, like, praying to, and that's, like, kind of idolatry if you think about it. So, hey, what if instead of, you know, doing this whole gift-giving thing on December 6th for St. Nicholas, Martin Luther said, what if we did that on December 25th? For Christ's Mass, because that's because that's really the reason for the season. So that's one of the reasons why, like again, it's sort of our later heritage, like gift giving. Yeah, gets gets moved because Martin Luther was tired of the Catholic Church, <laughs> and so he moved it. He moved the the day of giving gifts in December from December sixth to December twenty fifth. Interesting, and so it. No, I, I'm not trying to throw you on the spot here. Maybe we ought to do like an actual Christmas episode, but like, because it was also what Constantine, when he made Christianity the state religion of Rome. Right. Yeah, that's a whole. Because Saturnalia took place during the last week in December, and he was like, that's why they attributed, because like, that's what, that's why they chose to put Jesus's birthday on the 25th. See, I, it, 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 it keeps coming up. Often, often, like the idea of like, oh, the the Christians like appropriated all these other like earlier pagan holidays uh, for, yeah, for like Christmas. Yeah, they like, like, like lost over it and made it cute now. And yeah, right. And so, and it's like, yes, but also no. 
And so maybe we might maybe we might have to like put a put a thumbnail in into that idea of like what truly let's let's do that let's do that what, let's what not I'm sorry is, I don't, I don't no, mean no, no. totally it's a natural yeah. um yeah like line of questioning that to to kind of follow with that and and I think so I think maybe we if there's anybody that can get down to the bottom of like what is uh I hear you Charlie Brown yelling out on the stage there in the auditorium can anybody tell me what the True meaning of Christmas is like, or why we have, maybe it, it might be up to us two wizards. Um, but, uh, okay. So St. Nicholas, Greek guy. Thank you, Dutch, for giving us Santa Claus. Um, uh, uh, and then the, the, the English come along and add another little, well, I was going to say a bit of spice, but English food is... No, 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 notorious <laughs> Notoriously for being, not spicy. Yeah, not spicy. <laughs> they add some Worcestershire sauce into the mix. Um, there you go. There you go. With Father Christmas, who is okay. Again, like separate but related. Like there's Santa Claus, who we have via the route I kind of outlined, and then there's also Father Christmas, and Father Christmas is like just the personification of Christmas day. Like that's, just, that's just him. And like, that, that's it. It's just him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And again, like perhaps there were some earlier kind of like pagan idea. I don't know, but no, but it's truly just like, yeah, like it's, it's the day personified. Um, this is, and, and, wow. and how we, and how we kind of best think about about them um, is is uh, courtesy of Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, and the ghost of Christmas Present is not exactly the same as Father Christmas, but like kind kind of yeah, um, this this big okay. this big jolly guy who wears a green coat. That's the big that's that's one of the key differences. Um, Father Christmas wears a green, really yeah wears a green coat. Um, is like here to party here to like spread cheer. A lot of times he comes into town riding a goat. More on that soon. Okay. He has a big punch bowl. He, yeah, he's has all the food. He's he's a life of the party. And so then yeah, like the ghost of Christmas present think about uh hands down uncontroversially the best adaptation of uh Christmas Carol, The Muppets Christmas Carol. Like that's it. That's like Father here, here. Christmas. Yeah. Like is the Okay. Okay. Right, it's it's and so then yeah, and so then that's where like yeah, like Father Christmas and Santa Claus are like separate but not exactly equal, and then kind of like tag team, which is giving me an amazing idea for like a professional wrestling <laughs> team. <laughs> I would love to see. Oh my God, he's got the goat! <laughs> he's got. He's coming in with the goat. <laughs> What's he doing? He's he's up on the top rope. He's checking his naughty list. He's checking it once, checking it twice. Oh God, naughty or nice off the top rope? And oh my God, he's totally devastated. Triple Triple H is totally destroyed. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> it's so 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 yeah. It's just uh, it's just so cool. Okay, and then here's the other kind of last one, which I I don't know if this filters in quite as much. Uh, to us here in America, but again, just sort of blew my mind and was like, okay, no, wait. Uh, talking about Santa Claus in our North Pole cryptids totally makes sense. 
Uh, and for this, we get to thank the Finns. Good old Finland. Um, oh, okay, okay. And they have a Christmas figure who's not Santa Claus, not necessarily. Not Father Christmas, but Yolupuki, which means the Christmas goat <laughs> or the Yule goat. <laughs> Yule goat. Okay, so we got... We got callback. We 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 got the 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 Yule Kutrin, the mm-hmm. Yule cat. Yep, yep. The 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 uh, Yule Swena or the Yule lads, and now we have the Yule goat. All right, the we are Yule building. Buki. We are the Nick Fury of the goddamn <laughs> Yule Avengers, Josh. We are bringing these like people together, and like the Yule lads are their own X Men, and the Yule cat is like. Yeah. The Hulk and Yule Goat. Tell me about Yule Goat. I'm so horned okay, up. So, ah, so this not one, intended, but totally intended. Yeah, let's go. So, All right. so this one, we can definitively say was a pagan tradition that got kind of co-opted in uh, afterwards. So, so yeah, like uh, Yulopuki, yeah, like Yule, Yulu, like Yule, uh, and, then, mm-hmm. and then Puki means goat. The... Idea, at least as as best as we kind of know, is like there was just a man who on Christmas Eve would turn into like a like man goat hybrid, um, <laughs> which also brings to mind the uh, oh sh- uh, oh I just had his name um, who the oh uh, uh, there was a there there was a semi reoccurring skit. On Saturday Night Live, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer's goat, goat oh, boy, yeah. kind of, kind of, goat boy, yeah, yeah. kind of like that. There we go. Oh, God, Jim Brewer. <laughs> um, damn, deep cut, sir, deep cut. I, I, I'm a product of the '90s. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, and so then now people dress up in goat costumes and they get leftover Christmas food. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and then sometimes, and, and so then now, you know, with, with these sort of like spread of Christianity and all that, um, yeah, like now he kind of gets folded in with similar depictions of Santa Claus, um, with like the red kind of fur coat, um, um, travels in a sleigh pulled by reindeer, which don't fly. They just... They just run, not like Santa. Um, <laughs> but then there's also this kind of s- separate thing too of yeah, like the 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 Yule goat, right? Like I talked okay. about, like Father Christmas is often depicted riding on a goat. We have the Yulepuki, this guy who like turns into a goat, and then in other sort of Scandinavian countries, there is like the, the Yule goat, which again, probably has, this definitely has, um, um, closer ties to like a pagan tradition. Um, that people will like make little, little goat figures out of wood and or straw, um, and then burn them. Okay. So like that. Yeah, so yeah, so it is. It's like this very well, I don't know, maybe they don't burn them. Maybe I'm like stuck on wicker man kind of kind of stuff. 
Um, well, but it doesn't have to be like a burnt effigy. Like it could just be like a burnt thing. Like, hey, we made our little Yulapukis, and now we're gonna burn them, and now Yulapukis gonna come eat our leftovers and shit in our stocking. And when we see the shit leftovers, it's it's an orange. Yay! Thanks, Yulapuki. I don't know. Yeah, and so. Tradition is weird. Like tradition doesn't need to make sense. You Precis- know? Like, precisely, Pre- precisely, and so yeah, like just this. Yeah, just, I, I again, I did not realize when I was when you were telling me to like do something like, oh yeah, Josh, we're gonna do like North Pole cryptids, and and hey, you want to whip up something on Santa Claus? I was like, okay, I I can do that. I'm happy to. I, I don't know if it would like fit quite as well, but then yeah, holy cow, like this weird amalgamation of like Yule goat and like a Greek Bishop. Uh, <laughs> and like the literal embodiment of Christmas day, all kind of like stirled into a big vat and out pops dear old Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed with a little bit of Coca-Cola, and there you go. Yeah, right. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Add a sprinkle of polar bear bit, and yeah, yeah and, and you're solid. And yeah, maybe maybe a little more goat, just just two. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So, right on. So, really quick, I know that like. You have referenced this man often, uh, Jonathan Peugeot. Oh, yeah. And his bit of, of course, Santa Claus is real. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to touch that briefly. Like, so, like, with the Santa Claus is real bit, can you break that down real quick? Yeah. So it's it's asking us to, like, step out of our uh, more, like, kind of scientific, materialistic kind of frame or, like, lens where, like, if I asked you, like, oh, Mark, does your um, laptop exist? Like, you like, well, yeah, Josh, like, that's what I'm using to record. Yeah. And I, and I can touch it. Running Audacity right Yeah, now. it's running Audacity. I can, like, lift it up. Um, if to plug it in. So, like, yeah, of course it exists. And then, then when I say, like, okay, like, does, does, does old Moe's exist? And so, like, well, yeah, you know, it's the biggest... It's the biggest grizzly bear that was ever killed in Colorado and, you know, like, uh, massacred, like, hundreds of, like, sheep or whatever it is and, like, killed killed three dudes. So, like, that's, like, maybe, like, the next level up. is like, was there, like, a, a, a giant bear? Um, yeah. And then there's all these stories that are attributed to, to this bear that we also kind of take along with. And then I think, yeah, the, like, well, then, of course, like Santa Claus exists is like just like another little like step or maybe like step and a half past whether old Moe's existed. Like, you know, like we're not in the realm of like, oh, yeah, there's like a workshop. There's like a building at the North Pole and Tim Allen in a suit going, oh, 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 oh. like not like not that. Not talking about that type of exists, but like, does he exist in like, oh, I recognize this figure and I can automatically tell you like what his personality is like, what he does. Um, People like embody Santa Claus when they put on the costume, like even me, right? Like 
when I was teaching high school, um, yeah, the week before winter break, like everybody's just so over it. They have to take their semester finals, but they're just done. They want to start break. They want to get going on that. But even even I, like the like the last couple of days of school, I would wear a Santa Claus hat. Just mm-hmm. just 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 two, just two. So like even I'm even I'm helping, like yeah, like perpetuate this idea that yeah, Santa Claus exists because when I wear this hat that has a certain association like you you know what i'm doing you 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 wouldn't see somebody wearing yeah like a a a red conical hat that has like a white fur uh uh, uh kind of trim and then a white pom pom at the end you wouldn't see somebody wearing that hat and be like oh uh you must be a marine thank you for your service <laughs> you, you know like <laughs> Like, like we, we, we know, we know what that is. And of course Santa Claus exists and to do the whole, like, well, how can he fly all the way around the world in one night and all those presents? It's like, you're misunderstanding the whole idea about what it is. So I guess that in a, in a, in an overflowing, like punch bowl that, Father Christmas is like sloshing around. That that's kind of I guess that's kind of what the idea is that like Santa Claus exists. Cuz if Santa Claus doesn't Hold exist, on. who do all those little kids write to? Just yesterday, the Mrs. Wizard and I were like, "Oh, hey, here's this like little brewery/deli that we haven't been to. Let's go check this out." As I'm parking the car in this uh other town that's like, I don't know, like 15 20 minutes away, as, as I'm parking the car, there is a letterbox that's like expressly four letters to Santa. And it's like, hey, kids, uh, put in your... And like just in the process of like parking the car, I saw like two two different families stop and like little Billy and little Susie put their letter in and mom and dad take a picture on their cell phone. Why would they do that if Santa Claus didn't exist? And that's yeah. and that's basically yeah. it. That's basically it. That's, that's the yeah. argument in, yeah, like a, a, a rambly... Um, land grant frozen grove induced <laughs> tirade. Maybe, maybe Santa Claus is like the first god, quote unquote, that at least most American children believe in. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. yeah, sure, you can be raised Catholic or Protestant or Methodist, but I guarantee you don't pray to Jesus to bring you a Game Boy, but you pray, you we write, we write letters to Santa. Like, mm-hmm. I remember being like, 11, 12, 13 years old, like writing to Santa. I wrote Santa for a keyboard. That fucking keyboard is sitting in my office. Yeah. Santa Claus gave me that keyboard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think, um, it's so much more. It's like what you're saying. It's so much more than just, you know, it's right. Right. It's amazing to think about. It's yeah. I think, um, and I'm trying to remember if he, if he's actually said this or if I'm, if I'm, I don't want to necessarily like attribute this, uh, unnecessarily, but yeah, I think what Jonathan Peugeot would say is like Santa Claus is a principality, like on the like sort of like orders of angels, right? There's like angel, archangel, yeah. like thrones, dominions, all that. So yeah, it's like it's it's not it's not quite like a full on god, but it is. It's like yeah. It's, oh my god. Okay, hold on. Hold who on. is who is in your? I hear I hear somebody here's there. Little, I hear your Yulakutrin. Yeah, here's a. There's a unicutrin. Hey, someone, someone gonna get on the naughty list? Hey, 
It's okay. We're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like think, right, like, uh, think like Uncle Sam or... Um, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's this embodiment. It's this like representation of like all these like values and like ideals that... Uh, that, that, yeah, like, okay, sure, we're not gonna, like, find, like, one of the jingle bells off of, or, or, or the sleigh bells, right? Like, no one's gonna be, like, outside, um, yeah, like, the day after Christmas and be like, oh, what's this, honey? That it's in the backyard. And then, boom, that's like, you know, like, it, it's, it's beyond the, the, the scope of the question is beyond just like the material stuff you can like touch or like weigh or like take the temperature of. It's like, no, it's like, or I guess this is also sort of weird, just kind of weird timing, right? Um, that, that, that the World Cup soccer like tournament is going on and like mm-hmm. all these like, yeah, people from across the globe, like, like going there to like, uh cheer on their team and and do that sort of so like that that same yeah that same sort of like animating force it's like all right well i don't know maybe maybe i'm kind of stretching a, a bit for that one but it, no what's up what's up what's up well no but just yeah but like just just that idea of like it's a it's a thing that unites but then also like necessarily like divides mm-hmm. uh because yeah because there are people who don't celebrate christmas and that's fine because they have their own traditions and like yeah you're not gonna like mix it all together because otherwise you just kind of like get gray brown sludge with everything getting mixed together um wait wait so what you're trying to say is that we all come from unique backgrounds yeah. and we're all different and we ought to celebrate those differences yeah. instead of ha- having like just a, you know, cut and paste mayonnaise spread of yeah shit. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Interesting. Exactly. It's weird, weird, Josh. Weird how weird. that works. I don't, I don't like that. I'm going to go <laughs> vote for uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, that is in my approximation who who Santa Claus is, how we sort of have them, and then, yeah, because, of course, Santa Claus exists. <laughs> of course, Santa Claus exists. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn. Thank you. That was great. Yeah, you bet. I, I tried. We got deep. I'm proud of us. We yeah, got... we, we did get surprisingly kind of deep here. In an, in an episode about North Pole cryptids, we got, like, real deep, and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's what the listeners are here for, That's I reckon. That's what they are. Uh, well, uh, I, I guess I'm also... Uh, Moving on to Hoppy Christmas from Brewdog. Christmas Hoppy IPA. Christmas. Right batteries. On. Man, batteries not included would be such a good name for for a beer. But yeah. but yeah, that's just it. Would it be? I, I think you're right. I think it would have to be like the non alcoholic, right? Actually, that would be. Oh god. Okay. So yeah, like batteries. Yeah, like have a whole line of NA beers and call it like batteries not included. Um. Uh, would yeah, just like all the some little assembly like, required. Yes, yeah, so yes, some assembly required. Okay, okay, so um, bat- batteries not included. Porter, some assembly mm-hmm. required. Uh, hopped PA. Um, um, uh, no. uh, product may may not be depicted, or, 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 or like product not shown to scale, or something like that. <laughs> 
just all the like little things where you open, you first unwrap that present. You're like, wow, here it is, the Dino Momo action figure. And then you open up and it's just like so disappointing. <laughs> uh, yeah, better not included. Some assembly lager. required. But yeah. No, no cash on delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. God, how old is that joke? Who does that? Wow. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, how anyway. is it? What do you think? Ooh, this, yeah, this is good. It's, um, it's, uh, does, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, like, it's tasting really sprucey, but I don't, and, and I know I had the spruce, uh, kind of IPA mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think, because, right, you know, a lot of hops kind of have that sort of pine, um, flavor profile yeah. anyway. Yeah, that so, yeah, funk. Yeah, I got that funk. So this is good. Actually, funk? this is something, this is something that the Mrs. Wizard uh, saw she 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 follows a, a lady who's all about like foraging, okay. and like, hey, I'm out on this walk, and like, here's this plant that I know is edible, so I'm gonna. And so this this gal was talking about making, essentially like pine, uh, yeah, like pine soda, where it's like, you like harvest some pine needles from like s- certain species, um, that will have some natural yeast on them. And so you throw them in a mason jar with some water and some sugar mm-hmm. and like cap it and like, yeah, let it, let it ferment for a couple of days. And yeah, it's like homemade, like pine sassafras. Um, and so, so she was thinking, she was thinking about trying that. It's like, yeah, we have this white pine here that we picked up. Maybe we'll, we'll snip, snip here, snip, snip there. See if we can't mix something up. <laughs> huh. right on. So we'll like see. It. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm sick with Moosehead. I drank one of those stratospheres like midway through be- midway through right. bears and then all the way through Santa. And I was like, all right, you need to rein it in because these are stronger than you are. Like, <laughs> right. right. You well, still have a have... second act to yeah, fucking yeah, we have talk about. Act. You can't get all horned up. Right, right. So, um, so okay. So, yes, speaking of. Yeah, to what, that end. <clears throat> what do we have next? Well, maybe it wasn't Santa Claus on our roof, Josh. Uh-oh. But as I look out the window, when I started this episode, I had like planned it as like, I don't know. I try and frame these in my head of like, we got really indul- not indulgent, but like for a minute there, like we got really indulgent with like, oh yes, we're at our wizard's tower and there's a fireplace right. in the background yeah. and there's wind and all this shit and like, or in the forest or in the beach. But like this week I thought about like, ah, oh, yes, we're in a cabin for some reason. I don't fucking know. We're in a, a holiday Christmas <laughs> cabin and like... So whatever reason I from like midway through bears in my outline I wrote that you and I were in a cabin. So <laughs> we were in a cabin somehow. We were in hey, a cabin, yeah. Two wizards Tadena. We're suddenly in a cabin. You hear that fireplace a roaring gang? Oh, you you hear the winter wind blowing around us? You hear all this work I'm making for tomorrow at four AM, Mark? Well, here we are. Um here we are. But maybe, Josh, just maybe it wasn't Santa Claus up on his roof. But what if we just took a minute here to, like, you know, talk about uh, Santa's little helpers? Just real quick. Mm-hmm. 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 We can, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe just talk about, uh, and maybe they're not Santa's little helpers. Because, you know, we've all already um, addressed the sweet satanic dream team that is the Yule Lads in our episode about two years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, the Christmas cobbler. Oh man, remember the Calicanzaros? Remember how much fun we had with them? Like oh, God, when we were amazing. two wizards, like and we were young, and they can't count to three, and none of this is that cute or enjoyable or fun or light. Um, mm -hmm. Now I do promise there is a Little People episode coming out, but I want to have it come out in uh, correlation with our Giants episode, which you can also read mm. as my own doctoral thesis of research made flesh. Uh, gotcha. Maybe that'll be here in season six. Who knows, gang? Mm -hmm. yeah. But in the yeah. meantime, we're going to kind of like, not quite lightning round, but we're going to lightning round just a little bit of the strange reoccurring theme of tiny cannibal humanoids in <laughs> northern cryptid climes. Love it. Love it. So, we're going to start really with the biggest guy in this group and really one of the more like you could call it loose I would say loose interpretations but I wouldn't be a wizard if I didn't you know change facts to fit my own methods and meanings so mm -hmm. um, uh, out of the uh, Nuxalk people of British Columbia there is a type of little cannibal creepy guy called uh, Box B-O-Q-S. Mm, okay. Uh, these are a type of hairy humanoid creature. They stand shorter than a man, and I took that to be about between three and four feet tall. Yeah, I, I, that sounds about... That sounds about, about Based off of, like, local indigenous descriptions of them, assuming that most local indigenous people stand shorter than your run-of-the-mill whitish Anglo man, so about three to four yeah. feet tall. So, still in the, like, spirit of little folk, you could say. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, totally. Um, these are said to be covered in hair. You could really almost think of them as, like, a bite-sized Bigfoot. Other than the fact that they have, you know, normal human-sized feet. Uh, very, very human eyes. Uh, strong, mm. broad chest. Like, th these guys are, like, stacked. These guys are, like, what's his name? Uh, Joe Pisc not Joe Piscopo. Joe Pesci. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Little short dudes, big old broad chest, kind of hairy. Maybe there's just Italians up in British Columbia. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, they also have the biggest swinging dick you've ever seen, Josh. <laughs> and I mean literally the biggest swinging dick you've ever seen. <laughs> they keep their penis, well, the males of the species, their penis is so big they keep it rolled up and carry it with them as they go about. <laughs> When they are threatened, they will unravel their penis and brandish it at travelers or knock it against trees as, like, a warning sound. <laughs> and I want to point out that one of the new big things in Bigfoot field research is tree knocking, where people were here <laughs> knocking on trees and interpret that to, like, be Bigfoot presence and communication. Well, buddy, I am at the bottom of something huge and veiny and girthy. <laughs> And it comes in a box dick. I, I oh was going to try to make a BBC joke, but I can't. They hit <laughs> trees with their dicks. I'm not making fun of indigenous people. I'm not trying to co-op local myth. No. I'm not trying to do right. any of that. Um, but at the same time, you and I have done uh, five episodes of yokai, upwards of, I would say, ten hours, give or take, research on yokai. And just this mm -hmm. year, we did Tanuki with their gigantic hippity hot yep. balls. We yep. now have North American yokai in the form of box and their gigantic swinging dicks. And it makes I me so it. happy. <laughs> I love it. 
It's <laughs> amazing. Simply amazing. <laughs> now, up on the dome of the world, as you could call it, the northern dome of the world, um, on the top of Canada, there's all those little chain of islands. And in those little, those, or not the little chain, it's huge. It's all of those islands, the Aleutian Islands, all that good shit, up into Greenland. The t- literally the top of the world. Uh, the Nunavak people, they inhabit this region, which is a huge region. This is like the biggest, most uninhabited territory in, a, in, in the world, I would assume, really. Like, you know, sweeping forests and glaciers. And if Alaska is the last frontier, this is like the last frontier for real, for real. But... Mm. The Nunavak people tell stories of cannibal dwarves who will attempt to feed human meat to other humans. It's like a thing they do. They're oh. really friendly, but they kill humans. There's a story about a girl who's out and about, and she sees her, like, a guy she's friendly with. It might be her boyfriend. It might not be her boyfriend. Mm. And she hears him calling, but he's not calling. And she goes into, like, a little hut and sees his parents. And his parents are these little people. And he keeps telling her, do not eat the food, do not eat the food, do not eat the food. Uh, dump it in the corner. When she looks in, and she looks at the food, she realizes that it's fat off of a human that they just cut up and fried. So she dumps Ooh. it in the corner and runs away. But these guys are everywhere. There are sightings of these little people in the Nunavut tradition just up until like, up until like yesterday. I guarantee there's stories about this. I also want to point out that sometimes these things can be Bigfoot, so they're either tiny or huge. Mm. But there's also okay. huge hairy humans that kill humans and then feed other humans that human meat. It just it just yeah. depends on where we're at. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. I also like the idea of like these little people and they have food that you can't eat, and it makes me think of like uh, the idea of fairies in like. English mythology, like, they have, like, the food, and if you eat the fey food, you cannot return to the world of the living. And I like... This episode is really the most sympathetic... This most sympathetically magical episode I think we've done. Because, like, we're talking about Santa Claus, we're talking about, like, little folks across the globe. Like, it's just these little things that everybody kind of has, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think you're onto something there. Yeah, totally. I'm going to get a little bit liberal in my definition of North here, Josh. That That's all right. Mm-hmm. So for North of me is this place called Wyoming. <laughs> that counts. That totally counts. And in this place called Wyoming, there used to be a tribe of people called the Paiute. There's still some of them up there. But this tribe of people spoke about a little tiny guy, a little tiny group of people called the Nimirigar. Mm. Uh these Nimaragar were hostile. They were less than two feet tall and would often attack tribes, people with poisoned arrows. They would kill animals and they were said to have mouths full of razor sharp teeth. Oh God. Ugh. If a Nimaragar became too old or too sick, it would be brained in the head by its fellow Nimaragar and then sealed up inside of a mountainside. I like the idea. I don't like it because I have a grandpa and he's old and I have a mom and she's getting up there in age. But I kind of like the idea that old folks just can't make decisions anymore. So we kill them and put them in a mountain because how much better would the American system be if anybody over 70 could not be in politics? I don't know. 
Well, and uh, uh, oh man, I'm okay, not saying I'll, let's go brain Mitch McConnell, but let's go fucking brain Mitch McConnell. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, like euthanasia is 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 a very tricky subject, of course. But quality of life is, I think, a, a, a big consideration. And always if, quality over quantity, buddy. Like yeah, yeah. And so that's it. Rather than like wasting away and just like in pain and all that, maybe we could take, yeah, maybe we could keep that. I, I mean, something better, of course, than, yeah, like braining them and sticking them under a mountain. Un unless that's in your will. Unless that's what you, that's how you want to go out, you know? Well, they're taking the time to bury them, you know? Like right. it's a. Yeah. 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 Now, I, I know what you're thinking. Mark, this is all well and good, but how do we know that they buried their people in mountain sites? Well, let me tell you, good buddy. In 1932, two miners found one of these mummies entombed in a seam in a mine in Wyoming. Oh, boy. They oh found a 14-inch figure with oh a mouthful of canine teeth. And I can't tell if this is canine as in, like, you and my sharp pointy teeth or, like, canine dog. It doesn't matter because this goddamn thing had a mouthful of canine teeth. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. You should be seeing it here in about 10 seconds. I'm sending okay. you an image. Alrighty, here we go. Oh. Oh. Boy. <laughs> what in the... What? Right? This is That's where we wild. get a little bit controversial. Because um, initial tests revealed it to be a fully grown human based off of, like, where, like, uh, bone fusion occurs mm -hmm. you know we can you can look at a human skeleton and go oh this guy was this age you can apparently do that when the skeleton is also 14 inches long it's all the same shit mm, um okay. it was determined to be a fully grown human of 65 years of age also 1932 physics so great assault yeah, um yeah and the case of death was determined to be a blunt force trauma blow to the back of the head huh there's also some um, poopooers at the University of Wyoming that said it was a uh, encephalic-headed child, so a kid with water brain. Right, right, right. That died. I don't know. I'm not going to point it out. We have found several mummies of these guys, and once again, everybody, this is just a teaser. We are getting our little people series. Let's move on to Montana, to the Crow Nation, who have a thing called the Nyurimbe, a race mm -hmm. of mostly harmless little dwarf guys that have mouths full of razor sharp teeth. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Again, and finally, razor sharp teeth, man. Ugh. Razor sharp teeth and tiny. Like, yeah. again, the Little People episode is coming, but this is a weird through line. Like, I didn't talk about, like, the puckwudgies in, you know, um, oh, yeah. New England, but same mm -hmm. deal. Short guys, uh, magical powers, razor sharp teeth. Like,. Again, they exist to fuck with humans. In some cases, they are cannibals. It's just a thing that happens. Um, and then finally, the uh, Canotila out of the Dakota and Lakota traditions. These guys mm. don't eat people, but they do live inside of trees like Keebler elves, which makes me super happy. But they can also <laughs> influence people's dreams. Oh, interesting. Wow. So so to me, so to me, like, yeah, you have, you know, the normal guys that are, you know, wee tiny cannibals, or these guys that are like the psychic vampires eating off their dreams. 
That's... Well, but if that's the case, why do they need to have sharp pointy teeth? Why indeed? I mean... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. It's just weird to me. It's just so weird to me how really across the North American continent, and I'm sure we've talked about the Hold of Folk already, like, and, yeah. we, you know, we've talked about, like, goblins kind of sort of, we've barely touched on it and shit like that in Europe, but, like, man, dude, across the world, there's little, tiny group. there's people, there's groups of little, tiny humans, like, yeah, it's off-putting, it's, it's off-putting to me, if nothing else, and they all have the same kind of, like, uh, thread, They'll braid your hair. They have poison arrows that they can shoot you with, like elf shot, shit like this. It's just, we all have it. We all, there's something. There's something deeper underneath the surface there. And yeah, again, here we are. Yeah, I just, oh, man. Like, I, I, this also takes on a whole other dimension when, uh, when you consider who who are Santa's helpers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, there's so much, and, 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 and I know we sort of talked about this when we were doing our, like, just loose robes on Christmas last year. Like, yeah, for all of the holly and the jolly and the mirth, um, that, that Christmas still is like, it's, it, it's a dark, it's a dark, holiday and yeah we've talked before about like the point of christmas is like horrifying ghost stories right and so then it's only natural that there's going to be these yeah creepy little <laughs> creepy little guys maybe this hoppy christmas is also doing a number on me too <laughs> what, what, what's up buddy what's on your mind no just just the um hmm no no j- <sighs> Right, that whole idea of like, yeah, we're we're huddled together around the fire for warmth, because yeah, it's because it's cold outside and the nights are longer and darker, and just look out for these things that have sharp pointy teeth. <laughs> like I, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, um, there's a lot of Plains Indians, and I didn't want to talk about them, but a lot of Plains Indians tribes have tiny, razor-sharp tooth humans that are about two feet tall. They just... Mm. They just are a constant source of menace, and every single tribe has some story about it, and it's it's insane. I just... Yeah. Like, and uh, sure, maybe some of it is like communication like, you know, across the boarding stories and like legends and folklore travel between groups of people, but like not across a not across a country i'm sorry not a you okay how do you do this sure word to word can get or co, word can get coast to coast now that's not an issue but mm-hmm. pre-electricity pre pre-contact with white folks like I, anything you can't tell me that like natives had a network of communication that stretched from california from like shasta california which the mountains of shasta are guarded by a, a tribe of tiny humans all the way up into, you know, fucking Boston, where the Puckwudgie live. Like, you can't tell me that these people interacted and had the same, like, could compare notes at all. You know what I mean? Like, 
Right, yeah. So yeah, there's there got to something... be something more there. Yeah, I just... Again, uh, little people's coming. Much like yeah. Rose Washington, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what my problem is this season, Josh. Hmm. But for whatever reason, this is like the third or fourth time I'm going to end us in Alaska. That, that, is, that is not a problem at all. Not. It's a not problem a problem, but boy, is it a through line this season. Because, like, <laughs> giant birds, globsters, uh, ghost towns, like, holy shit. <laughs> I am horny for Alaska. I think my point is I need to go visit Alaska. I don't know, but... Yeah, yeah, that that could be. That could yeah. very much be on the docket. Because, I, I mean, also not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, like, 2022 is rapidly coming to a close... Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe 2023 is the year that Two Wizards gets to, yeah, go go up north and spend a week in Alaska and record, fight f- fight some bears and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, so, okay, but but yes. Yeah, so we are we are we are in Alaska now. Yeah, we're, we're gonna now. round out in Alaska at a place called Lake Iliana. Ili- sorry, mm. Iliamna. Have you ever heard of this place before? I don't think so, no. Okay, all right. I mean, not a huge deal. It's it's a very remote lake up in Alaska. Um, okay. It is the largest lake in Alaska with a surface area of sixteen or 1,610 square kilometers. Hmm. It has an average depth of 144 feet, but at its deepest, it can get down to 988 feet deep. Oof. Uh, the lake itself has been it, a lake this size, so obviously fresh water in a place. Um, is fed by two rivers, but also has access to the ocean. Um, and so clearly, like, this is going to be a place that attracts not only people, but also animals. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, there's about a thousand people that live on the lake itself. Um, it is home to the largest sockeye salmon run in the world, and it's also home to the largest brown bear population in the world that eat on the largest sockeye salmon run in the world. Yeah, sounds about right. The lake also has fish that get into trophy size category in the form of pike, coho salmon, again sockeye salmon, and arctic grayling, which if you know arctic grayling, they're these stupid little fish that are like three inches long. So a trophy <laughs> is like six inches, and I think it's hilarious. But they're still there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the lake sometimes will sport beluga whales that will swim in up from the ocean and frequently will be home to seals who just love to pal around there. Okay, sweet. It also has, Josh, a gigantic beast that dwells within it. <laughs> all right, all right. First Nations people who have lived in this region for probably thousands of years at this point uh, first described the Lake Iliamna monster as a fish god. It was said to have a long body like an orca whale, but had a side or had an up, had a vertical tail and a flat head that looked not unlike a wolf's head. This this fish would ram boats and sink them and eat the people inside of it. This happened actively, so much so that people crossing so that like indigenous people who were fishing or trying to cross the lake would usually throw something into the lake to try and draw this thing away from them. 
Holy cow. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Woo. <laughs> the Tinglet people call it a Gonacadayan. And pictographs of it, they range all around coastal Alaska and British Columbia. So this thing is like franchised. There's images of this thing all around Alaska, not just stuck in this lake. Oh my god. Whew. The Aluit people call it a jig iknak and say that they hunt in packs, like orca whales. In the 1700s, Russian fur trappers reported seeing something that would frequently come up to the docks and just steal shit off the docks. It was a big fish. That's what it did. They, but then more recently, not really recently, because at this point, that's this is like 80 or 60 years at this point. Better than 60, I guess. Um, but in 1942, a brush pilot named Babe Aylesworth, greatest name ever, ever, was sweet, flying man. with second greatest name ever, Bill Hammersley, at about a thousand <laughs> feet over the lake, when in forty foot deep water they they saw a school of gigantic fish. They said that they had the color of dull aluminum foil, and there were probably between ten and fifteen of them. And at the time, they estimated they were about ten feet in length. So. This isn't really out of the ordinary. Like I said, beluga whales get into here all the time. Whales will get into this lake. It feeds into the ocean, so it's not hard to get into. But so they dropped down to 1,000 feet to 300 feet and realized that their scales were way off. These dull gray fish were better than 30 feet long. They watched them for about half an hour until, for whatever reason, the school of giant gray fish just got upset and swam down into the depths. Oh, Jesus. Oof. In January 1959, Sports Afield magazine published a detailed article about 30 years of sightings in the region. Now, I went on to I went online trying to find this article, and unfortunately, I cannot find it archived. But if anybody wants to give me 25 bucks, I can buy it on eBay and read the article. Okay. So, if you're looking for a Christmas present for old Mark, um, <laughs> but the article is called um, "Alaskan Mystery Fish." It's in the uh, January 1959 edition. And it's literally sightings of this goddamn fish. It's it's insane to me that, like, a reputable sporting magazine of the 50s... It, it's not. But at the same time, like, wow, what a cool... Mo- Sports of Field is still a thing. Like... Yeah. You know, yeah, that would be awesome. like if, if, like, Sports Illustrated reported, like, Bigfoot's got a killer fucking, like, slider ball or something. Yeah. <laughs> Join us in April for uh, March Madness Cryptids. When yeah. we <laughs> when we're trying to build the dream team of baseball versus basketball cryptids, as I choke <laughs> on my beer. <coughs> Come on, Moosehead. Sorry. Whew. Here we go. Um, Oklahoma oil man Tom Slick, who may be a true wizard in his own right and might get his own fucking episode, I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. He was personally invested in finding the Lake Iliamna monster. By this point which had been dubbed Illy, which I think is precious. He personally scheduled over 1,000 flights over the lake. And he and the pilot saw a ton of cool shit, but they did not see Illy, the monster. But instead, a foot-long, quarter-inch iron hook was baited, tied to 100 feet, or hundreds of feet of uh, stainless steel airline cable, baited with a giant chunk of moose leg, 
and tied to a 55-gallon drum with a as a bobber, and just cast Holy out shit. onto the lake. Josh, they caught it. <laughs> Holy shit! According to all reports, Illy managed to get hold of the hook, broke the line, and then dragged the 55-gallon drum underwater. It should be noted, as it is in uh, Monsters of the Last Frontier, that it would take better than 440 pounds of downward force to drag a 55-gallon steel drum under the water. For a couple months after this, reports of a barrel just racing around the lake were made. <laughs> I love that so much. That's amazing. I do too. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was another guy who tried to double down on the idea and said, what's bigger than a barrel? Well, that's right. A goddamn, you know, seaplane. So he attached a line with a big old hook with a bunch of big old bait to his plane. Which was Im almost immediately, according to his account and several others, picked up by the creature and drug out in the middle of the lake. The dude was knocked off and had to travel miles while his plane was drug about the lake. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is... That is amazing. That's amazing. Whew. Sightings continue. Bunches of people are seeing bunches of things, but they're not really seeing anything of merit. Just a big gray thing... And really all they can agree upon is that it's big and it's dull gray and it has a vertical tail that swims side to side, not up and down. So immediately ruling out whales. Whales are, you know, horizontal tails. Right, 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 right. Cut to 2009 when one Jeremy Wade, urine Mai's favorite British fisherman, led an expedition from river monsters to Lake Iliamna to catch the beast. He was unsuccessful. Oh no, because I was gonna say like he almost always like he's I, I don't know if I've seen an episode where he hasn't caught something and maybe that's like TV. He magic. caught a sturgeon. He caught a couple big sturgeon, a couple really good sized cod. R really, he caught a lot of big. I watched the episode. It's a good episode. It's on YouTube. Mm. But like, mm. even he could not catch this like twenty foot long wolf headed gray beast. So. What is Illy? Josh, we don't know. There's sightings. There's tons of sightings. Mm -hmm. But due to the vast size of the lake, the limited human population, and just more or less nothing but anecdotal evidence, we just don't know. We're left with a thing that's about that's between 15 and 30 feet long with gray dull skin, a flat head, and a vertical tail. Um mm. There are boats that will report being ta attacked by the thing that have teeth marks in them. There's nothing in the lake that has teeth this big to leave teeth marks. <laughs> we can say that it might be a whale. Beluga whales are frequently sighted, but still, it's not. We, we know what belugas are. Belugas don't attack boats. They're intelligent. They're curious. They're just kind of good natured. They're white. Right. They're, we know what a beluga whale is. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the best explanations is that it is a sleeper shark, which can get up to about 20 feet long and are a dull gray color. And in recent years, sleeper shark sightings in Lake Iliamna have increased. Apparently, it's a good place for sleeper shark populations. Okay. I mean... I, I but mean, again, I'm 20 those... feet is not 30 feet. Like... Right, yeah. That's, that's also just... 
Mm. Also, sleeper sharks are fish-catching sharks, so they have the hook, curve back, sharp, long teeth, not the, like, serrating, ripping teeth that are in the boat hulls. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. So whatever it is that's in Lake Iliamna keeps on giving with the spirit of mystery. And Josh, I reckon the idea of keeping on giving is what the holidays and Christmas are all about. <laughs> what they're really all about. <laughs> North Pole cryptids! North Pole cryptids, man. Like, which, because, and, and, and I know we sort of, right, because it was, it was about a year ago also that I did the Antarctica episode yeah yeah in january uh, yeah and and i appreciate that you were n- not precisely doing just the arctic but talking about north pole cryptids hey that's that, that's kind of where we are um but yeah man just i don't know maybe i maybe this is just maybe this is the hoppy christmas christmas ipa talking here but just like that idea of there's still just all these creatures, and they're not right, and they're not like just in, like, the jungles of Brazil, or, uh, yeah, in the forests of New York State. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that like nobody has in earnest like looked for Santa's workshop. Because I mean, yeah. If there's yeah these like giant sea monsters there and like tiny humanoids with super sharp teeth, um, and the and the scale scale monsters like it's in if 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 that's what it's gonna take, then yeah I'll just happily bide my time until Christmas morning and then see what Santa has has to bring me, <laughs> um, because Santa Claus exists. <laughs> Because obviously Santa Claus exists. Obviously, and obviously exists. tiny cannibalistic humanoids with razor sharp teeth exist, and obviously Illy, the Lake Iliamna monster exists, and obviously mm. gigantic fucking polar bear grizzly hybrids. Well, yeah. They exist. Yeah. Yeah. All this there. shit is real. We just. Mm-hmm. What What is your definition of real? Is it Is it decades of anecdotal evidence? Is it is it generations of children writing to a man with a beard and a red hat, or is it like the the hide of a thing that you didn't see in the wild, but they took its skin? Like all this right. shit is real, and it man, <laughs> wow, stratosphere is stronger than I am, but yeah. <laughs> well, but, but it is, but then it's also yeah, and and. Maybe that's a good thing too, right? Like the, the whole like, and that's something that we've you know, we, as you mentioned, we have talked about cryptids for a, a long time, and they're great. And I think you and I do a good job of the sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, yeah, check out this giant slimy snake or what have you. Um, but then, but then there is there is that that thing where it's like, yeah, little little. Uh, uh, Inuit children know not to go out at night, uh, or to like stray stray too far away from like home, uh, because yeah, there's not going to be the um, 
yeah, the like hellhounds that pick him up because that's like a different that's a different thing. It, it's not going to be the uh, Vodnoy like scoops yeah. him up. No, it's like it's the little it's the little humans with needle teeth that'll get you. Um, and yeah, I just I know it's so it's so weird. It's like. Again, and yet, um, I talked about in ghost towns, like there was that town that was overrun by polar bears in Russia. And then right, like, right, right. I talked earlier about how, like, I really didn't want to cover like the boy scout group. They got eaten in Svalbard, but like, so there's that horror. There's like the actual tangible horror or there's fucking like wee tiny humanoids in Santa Claus. So like, what's, what's more real, you know, like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 th- there's also yeah something uncanny that there are that there are so many, um, yeah that that like that sort of archetype gets repeated so often like that's that's also kind of kind of weird it's kind of weird and creepy to think about but mm. yeah shit's crazy man like, I just shit anyway crazy. anyway. Well, no, well, no, no, but it is, but, but I, cause, cause right, was it, um, was it Christmas, yeah, was it Christmas last year or even two years ago that like, I was talking about like Frau, Frau Percha and, um, yeah, that was two years other. ago with our scary Christmas stories. Yeah. With our scary like, Christmas yeah. stories, which, cause, cause right. Cause, cause of course, when I was doing my my little my little bit on Santa Claus of of course all of like Santa's Santa's helpers that are also variations of like terrifying eh, not necessarily like small humanoids but like yeah like terrifying um yeah like hangers on that will trap children in a cage or like beat them with a stick or um, yeah do do that kind of a thing and. It, it, I'm, I, I'm, I would not be at all surprised. I, I would not be at all surprised if, like, yeah, whatever this thing is that's leaving teeth marks on boats <laughs> and, like, dragging a barrel or, or, or around this, yeah, for, for, for months, did you say? For months afterwards? About a month, yeah. That barrel was about drug a month around after- for about a month. I, I, as far as I could tell, the, the, the plane was drug around only for about a day or two. But like yeah. <clears throat> that dude had like he he tied his plane to the like line, got knocked off the plane when the thing took whatever it was, something made him get knocked out of his plane. And I kinda wanna know what his like fucking plan was. Like so what, he hooks the thing, boots on the plane, and then like tows it up out of the lake and like kinda like tries to like dump it into town. You know what I mean? Like yeah, rip it I up mean, out of the water. Like, how do you set the hook on a, a, on a purported beast? I guess is the bigger question. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's as how how wilt thou hook Leviathan, Josh? All the way back to the Bible, birthplace of Jesus. Here we are, Christmas. Ho ho ho! Fucking circle. There it is. Yeah, I don't there, know. There no, it is. I just. <laughs> No, but really, like, the barrel being drug around for months, and maybe, maybe, I'm sure, I'm sure that, like, so much of this is just, like, local fuck, locals fucking around, like, 
Oh, yeah, there's that barrel. We saw it getting drug around there. Oh, oh, yeah. That's old Illy. He got the barrel there, and he's going to... Oh, you see it? There it is across the lake. Or it's real. I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't have the benefit of living in 1959 to watch these dudes try to catch this goddamn lake monster. Like, I wish I did. I wish time travel was a thing. Because, again, we have a monster hunter posse. Like... Right, really, yeah, we got, call, got another one Yeah, of those. like, the, 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 the local, like, dad-slash-single-dude squad that roll out to a place <laughs> to go kill a beast, like... <laughs> right, yeah. We saw it in Bladenboro. We saw it with... We've seen it before, we'll see it again. Like, we've seen it oh, with yeah. giant snakes, like, these groups of dudes who got nothing better to do than to go just, like, murder <laughs> nature, and here we go, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, it, and, and maybe that's the other, maybe that's the other way. It's like this, this holiday season, whatever family traditions you have, if it's, if it's singing Christmas carols, if it's doing the uh, white elephant gift exchange, if it's something like that, maybe, maybe this year try mixing it up a bit, gather your loved ones and go out cryptid hunting. Maybe, maybe that could be, maybe that could be a nice, um, uh, yeah, a little change of pace, little maybe even a new tradition that that you and your loved ones can get can can get involved in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like <laughs> why not mix it up and go crazy? Right. Yeah. And then and then when um, and then when your yeah loved ones are are gathering around the fire and eating. Um, Scale scale monster flesh. <laughs> Just look out for the le- for the leprosy, though. You know, you might want to. Just look out for the leprosy, and yeah, give it a coke, and there you go. It'll be good. Yeah, and, and all all's well that ends well around a campfire eating eating cryptid. F- <laughs> again, here we are again. Talk about traditions. Josh says, "Well, can you eat it?" <laughs> yeah. Out of everything we've talked about tonight, I wonder what tastes better, uh, Illy or the giant bears, but yeah. Mm. Well, bear is right, good. Like, bear, bear is tasty, but like, mm, yeah. like that, like, like that fatty fish, man. Salmon's real good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, well, also, I, I guess, let me just say, Mark, thank, thank you for being the, the lead sled dog. On this, <laughs> I did a rod race. Um, Hell yeah, buddy! Through through north North Pole, northern hemisphere. Well, not even northern hemisphere. Arctic Arctic Circle. Cryptids. Arctic Circle into Wyoming for my purposes. But my, yeah, yeah, which is basically that's basically the same thing. Um, but yes, thank north you, thank me, you for doing so that. So there we go. Yeah, and that's that, that's what really counts. Um, yeah. So so listeners. Uh, how, how are you doing? What are your thoughts? Uh, have, have, have you encountered any of these, um, cryptids? Do, do you have other stories about them? Um, have you made your little, like, Yule goat out of straw or sticks? Um, do, do you have a compelling reason why maybe, hey, maybe we should switch to Father Christmas, Instead of Santa Claus, because I mean, really, that's where we are. Any more anyway? We've 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 moved away from uh, throwing bags of gold 
into uh, nubile young women's windows to save them from a... Well, yeah, yeah I, whatever. I don't know. These beers have <laughs> done a number on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time landing this reindeer pulled sleigh. But, but at any rate... Um, we would love to hear from you. We always love hearing from you. Um, when we dropped our Star Wars episode last week, we got a few more DMs, got a few more shout-outs, which is always Hell fun. Yeah. Hey, uh, shout-out to Kate. Kate, you're yeah. really awesome. I super, yes. Kate in Australia, hey, my name is Mark, I'm a wizard, and I really appreciate you. Oh, my God. Hi. Yeah, How yeah, you doing? Like great, yeah, like, great. Yeah, so, yes, thank you, Kate. Hi, Kate in Australia. Uh, for For... Uh, not only some of the classic stuff, I, I think that's I think that's how she first kind of or how we first kind of got on her radar. But also, she had some great we had some great feedback for our dinosaur episode. Uh, she showed this like super cool. She was taking pictures of this like super cool Star Wars pop up book that she yeah. had and was really yeah, meaningful that to her. It was so cool. Yeah, I love that. Was, that. So thank, thank you. you. So thank you. So you you could be that next person that that, that we say thank you and we shout out here. Um, so, so please let us know. Send an email to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Um, and, and yeah, and share, share all that. Share, share. Christmas, Mark said, Christmas is the like season of like giving and, and, and sharing. So the things that you um, uh, uh, give to us, that you send to us, they truly are our presence, and we love to, um, yeah, just, just, I need to end this episode, because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> who knew that Hoppy Christmas was so potent? Anyway, you can who also knew? find me, you, you can find me on Twitter, uh, I'm, I'm Josh, you'll find me with the handle, at Plaid Barbarian, uh, I'm, I'm good for cat pictures, we got some good cat pictures coming up pretty soon. Doing work with the cat pictures, yes. Doing work, yes. Um, Mark. Good, good friend. What are some things that you have going on that you'd like to mention? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Um, tell me about your weird shit. I want to know. DM me about it, or you can find me on our sister podcast, the Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny take two episodes of King of the Hill and just discuss it and. See if it holds up and rate it and review it. Um, this week we got a queasy rider and board games. Hank can Peggy by a motorcycle. And I'm really glad we watched an episode about school board elections after the American elections. That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, whew. Yeah, I think that I think that sounds about right. Yeah, and um, Josh, thank you for letting me run wild. Like, oh yeah, man. You know, I I got horned up. I also want to shout out. Um, uh, this this week's episode was inspired by an, a movie I saw on Amazon Prime. Mm. It's called Slash Slash. Okay, so Slash and then like the Slash like symbol. Mm-hmm. Back Slash Back. It's it's a horror movie about indigenous people in Alaska, Canada, fighting off an alien invasion. It's literally John Carpenter's The Thing with children indigenous actors it fucking kicks ass it's such That's a okay. good movie dude I'm it kicks it ass it's on okay. shutter if you have a shutter subscription go check out slash back it is so good but like i watched this on like i don't know uh i think you and i cut star wars on monday night last week at like 8 p.m 
And then I was depressed and drunk, so I went and watched this. And that's what kicked this hornet's nest in my head. Slashback. Go check it out. Um, I hate child actors, but holy shit, every kid in this movie kills it. It's amazing. Go watch it. It's on Shutter on Amazon. Um, yeah, Dangle Podcast, uh, Marky Stardust on Twitter. I'm sorry I got horned up. Um, guys, just come talk to us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Gmail. Um, yeah, Josh, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, thank you again, Mark. Uh, uh, kudos to you, sir. I'm, I'm tipping, um, I'm, I'm waving my Santa hat to you. Uh, thank you, listeners, for, for joining us. Uh, and, and yeah, I think Mark has alluded to this a couple times, but we have we have a, a couple couple great episodes coming up, and one really special uh, one for for the holidays. So, uh, till next time, uh, my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. Thank you for listening, guys. We love you all, everyone. Take care, everybody. Good night. Okay. Good night. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. He rolled upon his back. And after that, I killed them all!